Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Hello, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me this week. You know, this is the time of year where like time, the time becomes of an of the essence, right? Because it gets darker earlier. We're starting to see, you know, the sunlight fade away. The sun comes up a little bit later. And then when we do the um, daylight savings time and we'll just, we'll be going, it'll be dark at four o'clock, 4.30, you know, and that can be a little bit of a, a drain um, on you. So just keep that in mind as sometimes if you're not moving at the same pace or you're starting to feel a little bit like blah, understand that seasonal, the seasonal changes, particularly um, the way we experience them in New York City or the East Coast has to do a lot with those temperature usually changing as well. And so it becomes cooler and it gets darker. And those are the kind of things that usually can make you feel a little blah. So if you're feeling like that, you know, there's a, min- a bunch of things you can do. I was thinking about actually, they have like sun lamps and like heating lamps that you can do that sometimes can give you energy. Um, so I was considering those things. I don't really feel like I suffer through the seasonal affect disorder in the same way that I know some other people do. Um, but I'm a sleeper and darkness means sleep to me. And so at this time of year, I can really um, be someone who can sleep for even longer. Like I can go to bed at like 830 and wake up like like I can really do that. I mean, I'm already a person who goes to bed pretty early. But during this time, this transitional time, I can start to go to bed super early. So um, I try to just like mitigate that by not going into my bedroom until it's like really bedtime, like trying to keep myself on a normal schedule and not the schedule of like a toddler, <laughs> which is what I can have happen to me during this time of year. So if you're feeling anything like that, there are many things you can do. Do some research on on ways and techniques that you can kind of brighten up, brighten up for yourself so that you're not allowing this time of year to kind of pull you down. I bring that up because this is also a transitional time of year, um, given that it's the time for we're leading up to all of the holidays, right? Um, If you have children, you're leading up to Halloween, which can be a holiday if you celebrate it. And you've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this is the time of year where money is just pouring out and not much of it is pouring in. If you're a person who's considering like a raise um, at work and things, these are not the times where people will you know, normally give raises because it's at the end of the year. You may be looking at maybe a holiday bonus if you're lucky, but this is definitely a time of year where money is pouring out and not as much as pouring in. And um, that can also kind of bring your mood down, particularly again, if you, if you combine it with the weather, that can really bring your mood down. So you want to consider that, um, you know, we talk here on this podcast in the financial emancipation world about saving in advance of these things. The calendar looks the same every year. Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas, same time every year. Same impact on your finances every year. So we want to be looking towards planning for that so that you, even when the money's pouring out, you have planned for it. You still have some time as it relates to Christmas, you know, where we're talking about two months before Christmas, you still have time. If you want to start making your Christmas list now, start making plans. You know, I have a friend who does something in her house where there's only five gifts that are given on Christmas and they all have a special meaning. I don't remember which what the meanings were, but there's only five. Every Everybody in the house gets five gifts and um, it's not five gifts from each person. It's like five total gifts. So that's how they run it. There's no kind of like, and I think one of the gifts is something that everyone can use. It's really cute, but it keeps costs down and manages expectations. So you can come up with things like that in order to keep your finances in order through what is definitely not only a transitional time outside, 
but a transitional time as far as your pockets go. And then when you start a brand new year, you don't want to do the thing that happens to a lot of us as you start January comes and you're heavily weighed down by debt that you incurred through this last period of this last quarter of the year. So just keeping that in mind as we transition into this this period in time of, time of year. But today's topic is not about that, <laughs> although we just spent the first five minutes discussing that. Today's topic is about retirement. Um, you know, we're this is the time of year from about um, July, from June, I guess, June until December is when the majority of my friends who are the same age as me have their birthdays. And so we just start this kind of like rolling birthday celebration thing. Um, and yesterday was um, was one of my friend's birthdays. And, you know, we're all turning 39. And so, you know, 39, right before 40, right? It's this whole thing of, you know, 40 is a big year. Um, but when you think about it and consider it, at this point, if we all came out of high school slash college between about 18 and 22 and started working, you know, we've all been working pretty much since we were, let's say, 22, and to be turning 40, that puts you at 18 years of having worked, right? But through those years, I can guarantee many of my friends, many people that I'm very close to, were not doing the proper retirement saving during that time, right? When you're young, retirement sounds like a very long time away. And when you're young and you're young in your career and you're making less money, you either A, are not at a job that is helping you, you know, that is that does have a 401k or retirement fund that you can contribute to, or you're looking at it like, hey, I need my money now. <laughs> I don't have, I can't give that much of my money away in retirement. And so many of us don't contribute as we as we can, as the options are available to us, or as we, you know, technically should during those first like 10 years of work. And you know what? You have to, I understand that. And um, and I understand why people do it. It's just that it, ha- it can have an impact on you later in life, right? So here we are. Um, so I say I, I brought up the birthdays and everything because, again, we're all leaning towards 2020. All of us are turning 40. And so if you think about 40 as the age, and we'll just leave out that one extra year of just planning, we'll talk about um, the fact that we're going to be 40, is that when you think about being 40, you think about retirement becomes 25 years from then, right? Because for most people, retirement is around the age of 65. Now, I'm going to give a preface here saying that you are blessed if you are able to make it to 65, still able to work and be be a contributor in your career, still in good health, because that's a big part of it is that your health is a really big contributing factor to when you need to retire. And so those two things are really, really important. So if you're able to make it to the age of 65, one, you're alive, two, you're in good health, and then you're ready to retire. And now we have to discuss how is that going to work? And so for many people, if, if, again, for my group of friends, and we think about being 40, that means that from this point on, I have 25 more years of working, which is so daunting. It's so daunting, right? But here we are. 25 year, more years of working. And again, I'm just talking about the standard retirement. I know many people who discuss how they want to retire early. They're going to retire at this age, that age. Okay. I'm just going to talk about standard because a lot of plans have happened. A lot of people make plans about when they're going to retire. I have yet to meet anyone who's retired before that age who didn't do so because of physical health, like their health issues, like a disability retirement. But just a general, I'm going to retire usually comes post 60. So 25 years from now is, you know, if God willing, we're all here alive and well, it's time to retire. If, if, even if right now we took, if, if anybody right now takes an approach 
to retirement that's going to be aggressive and ready to make sure that they can have money for retirement, you are still way beyond, way behind, right? There's a reason that you should be contributing to your retirement, your the duration of your career. Because limitations on how much you can save towards retirement make it so that you really don't actually save as much as you think you do in employer-based um, plans. And for most people, that's the only retirement plan they have. So let's talk a little bit about ret- what retirement plans are out there, the basics. I'm not, there's, there are many. There's about seven major ones. I'm only going to get into four. Um, but the major retirement plans that people look to and utilize begin with, excuse me, begin with the 401k employer-based te- plan. That's what most people, <clears throat> excuse me, most people think about that. You get into a job, you start to contribute to your retirement, the 401k. 401k is, is a plan that you, you contribute to, your company then goes out and, you know, or partners with some sort of firm that they invest the money and that's how the money grows over time. You contribute, the money grows, right? So if you can, if you think about it and say to yourself, the maximum that you can contribute to a 401k every year, I think for this year is $19,000 every year. Some companies match, which is really good if you find a company who matches. You should definitely, at a minimum, contribute to the amount that they match. So some companies will match up to 5000 You should at least be contributing 5000 a year. But if you think about it, a lot of people, the max is 19000 A lot of people do not contribute the maximum. And again, it's because it's it's something, it's a, it's a real, it's something for real, for real to you have to take money out your pocket right now. And a lot of people just can't afford to do that. Um, but to contribute the max amount for the year, right? That means you would be you would be contributing fifteen hundred dollars a month, or or basically like eight hundred dollars per paycheck. So many people cannot give away eight hundred dollars per paycheck. They just can't, and so they don't contribute the max to it. Um, and so that's one of the things. But if you did, let's say you did contribute the max, and let's say you worked for, you know, let's say you were contributing to the max for 30 years and the maximum is 19,000 and you were contributing for 30 years, you would end up having contributed $570,000. And then of course there's interest and growth and all of those things. So let's say you end up with about, let's say seven to $800,000 there, right? That's, that's a, that's contributing the max for 30 years. And we just went over and discussed that most people cannot contribute the max because that's again, $1,500 a month out of your paycheck, out of your, out of your monthly, um, income going towards your retirement. Is it ideal? Yes. If you can, awesome. If you, if you come out your career and you're making enough money that that's something you can do, you should do it. But if you're not, which a lot of people aren't, then you have to consider that doing this at the max will get you $800,000 for retirement, right? $800,000 out of a 401k, let's say, will give you, if you were someone who retired at 65 and let's just say, you know, God willing, you live for another 20 years, you live to 85, right? So you've got $800,000. And if you divided that by another, let's say 20 years, right? You're going to end up with $40,000 per year. Can you live off of $40,000 per year? Right? And that's just, that's just your, your money you got from your 401k. If you maxed out your retirement for the last 30 years and then retired at 65, are you guys following me? It's like you you started working when you were in your 20s. By the time you were, 
35, you said, you know what? I'm going to max out my retirement for the next 30 years. You worked for 30 years, maxed out your retirement. You came out with about $800,000. And then for the next 20 years you were alive, you were living off of that money along with a social security, let's say a social security check, right? So $40,000 for the for each year, again, if you live for the next 20 years, if you divided that by months, that would mean you would have $3,000 a month, right? And at this point, for $40,000 in cash, right, it, it's different than when you get an income because, you know, by time, by this point, the, the less of my, you know, the taxes and stuff like that are less. But $3,000 a month, right? And then you're going to deal with your Social Security check that's going to come. Social Security check based on how much you, is based on how much you put in, how much you earn, et cetera. But let's just give you a nice round number that you're getting another two, $2,500 a month, right, in retirement. I mean, in, in Social Security. So now you're getting $5,800 a month off of retirement to live off of. Now you get no more money from nowhere else. Can you live every, for the next 20 years of your life with $5,800? Now, this depends on a lot of other things. There are a lot of, there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. Are you single? Are you, are you married? Now, remember, you at some point have to contribute to your own health care in most cases because you're, if, you, if you are making this kind of money, bringing it in, you're not going to be eligible to have, um, you know, maybe you're subsidized from your, your pre- previous insurance, et cetera. So you have to contribute to many things that you hadn't contributed to before. But is $5,800 enough for you to live every month? Do you still have a mortgage? Do you have any other bills, right? Is that enough? Now, hear what I'm saying here. This $5,800 is someone who contributed the maximum amount every year to their retirement for 30 years. If you're listening to this, more than likely, that's not you. That's not most people, but that's definitely not you, right? It's definitely not me. I did not start, I never contributed and maxed out my retirement in all the years that I had the opportunity to do so. And so this the scenario we just ran puts you at a decent place, right? Most people, if you live in New York, and again, you can move, you can take, but 5000 $800 is probably uh, more than a lot of people are living off of right now who, while they're working. So the imagination that you could live off that in your retirement seems really good, right? But that's the ideal situation for which you have contributed greatly to your retirement. Think about the situation where you spent the first 35, the first 20 years of working from like 20 to 40, having not contributed to your retirement at all, or even when you did, you took you, you ran into financial problems, you took loans against your retirement, you actually cashed things out because you had issues where you needed the money then, right? So let's say that when you got to 40 is when you were beginning to start to contribute in a meaningful way to your retirement. Now you've got 25 years left of working in order to, to build up something so that you can get to retirement. The only thing you've contributed to you know, over this period of time would be your Social Security, and again, Social Security is based on how much you contribute, which is also based on how much you earn. So now at the age of 40, you're saying, hey, I want to begin to contribute, but guess what else is creeping up on you? If you're someone who had children younger, you got kids about to go to college. So now you're talking about, can you do can you do the thing you need to do, which is contribute to, their, to your retirement and pay for them to go to college, right? If you're someone who waited to have children, you've got young children who need your money. 40 is a really interesting year because for those of, those of us who had children young, 
you're hitting a, a, a point in period at 40 of, of a lot of expenses. And for those of us who didn't have children young and who are attempting to have children now, with all of the things that come along with having children after 35, maybe there's interventions and things that are necessary that cost money. 40 is a pinnacle time for you financially where you should be looking towards retirement, but you could very well be looking towards many other very expensive current expenses current charges that will make it very difficult for you to focus on your retirement. But just keep in mind as we go through this podcast, the scenario I ran for you is the most ideal situation where you're contributing at the highest levels to your retirement and also earning a salary that allows you to to, to bring in a substantive social security check at the end. If th- those two things are not true, that 5,000 almost $6,000 that we just talked about is not look is not the way in which things are going to go for you. So then what are you going to do? If you <clears throat> if you contributed to your retirement, you know, even if you did $5,000, right? $5,000 a year on your 401k. If you ret- contributed that for 35 for 30 years. Let's no, let's give it 20 years because we're talking about 25 years from 40 to 65, right? So you do that for 25 years. That's only $125,000 that you that you can that you contributed. You hear the difference there, right? Is that you're contributing way less than you're contributing for the same period of time. So you have to consider the the sacrifice that may be necessary for you to max out your retirement. You know, many of us, I I know I'm I'm not in that situation because both my parents are deceased, but I know many people with aging parents, parents who are in their 60s now, parents who are looking towards retirement and it becomes very hard for them. It becomes very hard for them. Even for parents who we know who had good jobs. We have, I have friends with parents who are city, city workers and they have a pension and this and that. And, it, and everything sounded really good until they get on that fixed income, right? And they try to maneuver and live a life because retirement requires a lot more entertainment than, non, than when you're working. Because when you're working five days a week, you don't have to do, you don't have enough time to get to entertain yourself as much as you need to when you don't have to go anywhere every day. Retirement can be expensive along with the things that come along with age, you know, doctor's visits, medication, things like that can make it so that retirement can become expensive. And I have friends who have parents, two parents in a household trying to live off of retirement and it's a struggle. And that's again, people who had jobs where everyone said, you know, that's going to be good for them to retire. They'll have, they'll have enough money. You have to really sit down and focus on how much money do you bring in? How much money will you need to live? And then think about what you've contributed to your retirement. Social security is not enough. It's never enough. You hear people all the time. There are people who, you know, who worked and never contributed to a retirement and they are thinking they're going to live off their social security. That's a joke. First of all, social security is, is, is a, has a big question mark on it for its solidability and how much it's going to be able to be there in 20 years. So there's that. And, you know, the government has this way of doing things all janky. So you don't know if that's even going to be there. If you don't want to be a person who has to work until you're 80, if you are between 35 and 40 right now and you're within the sound of my voice, your next focus, because the last focus I wanted you guys to have was focusing on your will and your estate planning. Your focus now needs to be retirement. And hear me clearly. If you have young children and you're thinking, I need to focus on their education. You need to focus on their education and retirement at the same time for this reason. Again, if you waited to have children, so if you're someone who's had children over 30, 35, and your children are young now, which means 20 years from now, they're going to be going to college or 10, 15 years from now, they're going to be going to college. And you think about how you're going to pay for college. Remember, 
that the time that you're going to be paying for college is going to be close to the time where you're going to need to retire. So you're going to have to walk these two things at the same time. For those of you who had children young and you're now your kids are in college or going to college, you still have a good 20 years to try to rebound onto getting your retirement together, right? But if you're on the flip side and you didn't have children until like now or your children are young, you have to do both. You have to think about college and retirement at the same time, which means you got to get aggressive. Because if you're, if you're thinking that your plan for your children to go to college is going to be one for which you're going to have to pay, then you got to get aggressive on that. And again, there's so many pros and cons, right? You want to grow in your career and make more money. But the more money you make, the less eligible your children will be to get any help going to college, which means you need to be much more stringent upon saving for them to go to college. At the same time, if you're advancing in your career and you're making more money, you need to be equally as aggressive onto retirement because that means that the cost that you're living with is even higher. And there's a maximum amount of money that's going to be given to you during retirement. Like as far as social security goes and as far as um, how much you can save in an employer-based 401k. So now you have to come outside of that into other types of retirements. So you can have your employer 401k, which you can max out there for 19000 You can go into an IRA, either a Roth or, or a non-conventional. Um, IRA, I'm sorry, you can go into a Roth or, or IRA or a regular IRA where you can max contribute, I think, $6,000 a year. And then you've got to just start saving. Because there's a lot of money you're going to need. And where is it going to come from? You know, retirement can be very scary if you're not prepared. And many people don't start thinking about retirement until they're tired of working, right? And at that point, when you're tired of working, it really doesn't help when you can't figure out financially how you're going to do it. Because now you're just living in frustration. And that kind of frustration can impact your health. It can impact your ability to do your job. It can have a negative impact on you. And so you want to think about retirement now at the time when you know it's nowhere in, in, in nowhere down the line, right? You need to plan for these things because, if, again, if you have young children now, that could be a heavy burden on them when they're 25 to have to worry about taking care of you and making sure you're good, right? If you have children who are, or you, you are, young, are 20 years old now or in college now or about to go to college, then thinking about when they're 40, because 20 years from now, they'll be 40, thinking about the fact that they themselves should be thinking about their own retirement, but they may need to focus on you because you didn't do what you needed to do. We don't want to be burdened on the, on the generations coming up behind us, right? You don't want to be like an old lady eating cat food. So you got to think about the ways in which your retirement, you got to think about it now. And if you've gone through a period of time where you know you haven't contributed to your retirement, there's no shame, blame, or anything there. There's, listen, as my 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 lady, my auntie Ayana always says, no heat, no judgment. Okay, <laughs> it's no heat, no judgment. If you haven't done it, you haven't done it. But you got to get to it now. You know, savings and retirement; these are essential things. And I know, I know that there are times when you are struggling financially, and you're thinking to yourself, "I need my money now." And that is true. You do need your money now. But what you have to consider is about the time for which you will not be able to go out and get no more money. Because once you are 60, 65 years old and you're ready to retire, you there won't be a conversation about going out and getting more money. The reduction to your lifestyle that sometimes has to come will force people to continue to work far beyond physically they're able or they should be working. And that 
is something that you don't want to do. You've been, everyone has a job. Everyone's at work and they know the person. You're like, why don't this person just retire? And a lot of times you're thinking that, but that person is not thinking they don't want to retire. They can't. Many of those crouchy old people at your job who are getting on your last nerve and you're like, you, I wish you would just retire. They can't. You know, you know, I, there was a person at my job, a woman, she's, you know, she's a, she's a non-functioning employee. I mean, she, she, she doesn't contribute anything, right? She's been at the job for this job for 20 years. She's in, in her seventies and, you know, it got to the point where she was getting written up so much that they were going to fire her. But they said, you know, we, we don't want to, she, you know, we don't want to fire her. She's a woman in her seventies. Listen, she just needs to retire. Why doesn't she just retire? She can keep all of her benefits and et cetera, you know, and, and, and she, she can go on about her business because this isn't working out anymore. Come to find out, she's been working with us for 20 years and had a job previous to that at a company that closed down. And guess what? She never contributed to her retirement while working with us. So for 20 years, she's not contributed to her retirement. The reason she's not leaving is because she can't. She can't retire because all she'll be bringing in if she retires is Social Security. And Social Security is not enough for her to sustain her life. So here she is at a, at a pivotal point in her life where she's about to be terminated. And the reason that she can't contribute to the work appropriately has a lot to do with her physical health. She's ailing. She's not well. And, but, but she can't leave because she has no other options. That is a sad situation to be in. And I don't want to see any of us in that. So at this point, if you haven't already begun, begin contributing to your retirement with your employer, you should be contributing to your 401k. If you have the means and you're able, max out. If you can't max out, at least contribute at the minimum level that your employer, if they do match, if they do match, make sure you contribute to the level for which they match at a minimum, right? Because why that's money on the table that you would be throwing away. Contribute to them to the to the match. If you are if you have an employer-based pension, if you're lucky enough to still work for a company where there's a pension, make sure you're contributing to your pension, but make sure you're not only contributing to your pension. You should be contributing to a deferred compensation or some sort of 401k plan that most jobs who have pensions also offer because the pension too is not enough. Pension is the other thing. And I can do a whole episode on my city workers and government workers who believe, oh, I'm going to get a pension because it sounds like your pension is going to be, excuse me, your pension is going to be, you know, some of your, you know, what you earn. For the most part, if you're not a uniformed employee, uh, your pension is about 40% of your salary, 40 to 50% max. Why would you think that you could live off of half the money you bring in right now? Alone. And your social security is still going to be, will help you on top of that, but it's not going to be the other 50%. It's not even going to be the other 30%. So you have to think about when you get to retirement, will you be able to live off of 60% of what you earn? Will you? That's a big deduction, right? Will you be able to live off that? And that's something that you have to consider. And so the reason that there's a good, it's a good idea to contribute to an additional retirement plan so you can get another lump sum of money when you retire and all that can come together and help you get as close to 100% as you can. That way you can retire in peace. You know, some people are able to retire and when they do, they're, they're living off of 85% of what they were earning. That's good. That's sweet. That's decreasing a couple of bills. That's your money you spent commuting every year and everything if you really get down to it. 
And then you can live a comfortable retirement because what's the point of busting your ass and working for 30, 40, 50 years to all get to a retirement and be struggling, struggling to make ends meet? You don't want that. So if you're going, if you're going in your career in the right direction and you're continuing to earn more money, as you earn more money, contribute more money to your retirement. And if you get to a certain point when you're realizing that you're living, you know, in a good space and you continue to get raises, make sure you dedicate the rest of that money to contribute into, to, to your savings and your retirement. You know, I was going through my finances. I do a little evaluations every couple of months just to see where I am. And I didn't like the way in which I was contributing to my own retirement. I said, you know, I need to get more aggressive. I need to, you know, I'm at a good point, good in place right now. I'm comfortable financially. I have some other plans that I want to do for my life for the next couple of years. And I need to make sure that I, as well as having savings, I get myself to a point where I'm not used to living off, that I'm used to living off one amount of money so that any increases that come can be contributed to my retirement and to my savings, right? Because I know that there may be some life changes for me coming up and that are going to cost me money. And I wanted—I don't want those to derail me from the savings and the um, retirement plans that I have, you know, because I don't I don't want to be working at 70 years old unless I want to be, you know, I don't want to be forced to have to go to work because I have to eat or I've got so many bills and so many things that I can't consider not working. I've seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. And it's just not good. It's not good for you, for your health. It's not good for your well-being. And it's not a good way to end, to live out the sunset of your life, having contributed and worked for all those years to turn around and have to be humiliated and, and tortured by going to a job you hate, going to work tired every day, having people who work with you disrespect you because they feel like you old and you don't know nothing. All because when you had the time, the energy, the space and place, you didn't utilize it to contribute effectively to your retirement. Don't be that person. It's time to contribute to your retirement now so that you are not stuck being someone who has to resort to measures that are humiliating and demeaning when you're at the age when you should be enjoying the sunset of your life. We're only going to live but so long. So the time period when you're done working should be the best part of your life as you go on towards the end for when you're going to cross over to the other side. So I'll end there. I want you guys to really consider looking up, researching. If you need to get a financial advisor, get that person so that you can really consider and look at your finances and see what you really can do to contribute healthily to your retirement. Thank you for listening today. I hope you learned something. I hope it sparked something for you to go and um, look at your own retirement and the that of your spouse and your partner and make sure that you're got, you guys are going towards the path of retirement that is going to make sure you can live a good life in retirement. Um. And another episode, we'll talk a little bit about how to protect your retirement in a separation. That's neither here nor there. We'll, we'll, t- we'll touch on that later. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, if you have any questions for me, feel free to email me at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K, at thefinancialemancipation.com. Follow me on Instagram at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter, F-I-N, Emancipation. And, and feel free to reach out. I'm still looking for guests. If you, I know some people hit me up on social media, and I'm trying to get some some. Um, some more of the guest episodes together and so we're going to work that out have some guests coming up and um i'm looking forward to it. it'll be we're going to stride towards the holidays i hope everybody's enjoying um this cooling down weather that we're getting now and getting ready for christmas and the holidays that are coming up thank you so much for listening and i hope you'll be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation getting free from the burden of your finances have a great day